We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? Do you follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Darius is already laughing at me. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Because we whooped on the Celtics last night. On Larry Bird's birthday. On Larry Bird's birthday. Remember a couple weeks ago, the Isaiah Stewart fight, and people were like, oh, that could be the turning point of the season. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. A turning point of the season, and I, I don't know if this is it or not, but I promise you, the way the basketball gods work, it is not a freaking game against Detroit, against a bad Detroit team. <laughs> yeah. Because some dude lost his mind, right? What it might be is the best performance of the season against your hated rivals. Best game of the year, man. I, and I, I, I have more to say about it, but I want to hear how you're, you're feeling, man. I'm feeling great today that this could be a real building block win. Things are starting to come together. So I tweeted the other day. The Lakers lost the other day. I can't even remember who they played The now. Clippers. Mm-hmm. They, they, see? So they played the Clippers. No, they didn't want to see the tweets. They got to see some they tweets last night. That's right. <laughs> but after the Clippers game, I sort of tweeted out like, a couple more tweaks. Lakers are getting closer. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of people on my mentions that were just like, you're an idiot. And the Lakers are getting closer. There is a sustainability to some of the things that I'm seeing that they're doing well. And like what? Like what? Small things offensively. Throwing the ball into the post and they're cutting. And they're cutting in ways that are... So AD had a great pass to Russ for a layup off of a post play. Post entry to AD. Russ cuts over the top. He cuts middle. AD went quickly, right? So he attacked middle against Robert Williams. Horford was there, but because he went so quickly, he got past Horford. There was help there. And then he shoveled off to Russ and Russ got a layup. All of that was great. What was interesting to me was how Russ lingered around the dunker spot. He did not clear 
all of the way through. So there are small things that are little tweaks. Attention to detail, yeah. Yes, that are helpful. These things work. There was more switching one through four, mm-hmm. right? Even And the Celtics even went bigger, right? So they were playing Al Horford at power forward for a fair amount of time. And the Lakers were just like, you know what? We're switching this action anyway. And if Avery Bradley ends up on Al Horford or if Russell Westbrook ends up on Al Horford or Talon Horton Tucker ends up there or even Malik Monk, if it's Malik Monk, they'll scram him out of there. So then Carmelo just scrams him out. Right. And it's sort of like, all right, these are the little things that they're doing that are just smarter They're They give you a better chance of winning the basketball game and then they give you a better chance of getting stops. And Pete, what did LeBron James say and Russell Westbrook say after the game? Well, guess what? When we get stops, we're going to be harder to deal with because we are an elite transition team that's not my words those are their words these dudes know how good they are in the open court but it's predicated on getting those stops and so yeah i'm happy too right because they are doing things on both sides of the ball that are just like this is a better approach this is better process to me this the word i've used for so much of this season is that we feel misaligned and i use that word very specifically in that it's like when your back is out of place. I don't know. As you get older, you take a wrong step and it's like, oh, you know, taking a few steps and it's uncomfortable as hell in the moment. But one small shift can put things back to normal and back to their natural state. And I've used that phrase, the natural shape of this team, the natural state of this team over and over again. You're talking about the little things. A big thing is they changed the starting lineup. They put AD at the five. Yes. It is not necessarily the, I would probably not have Avery Bradley as that fifth guy, but it's totally within the window of like, okay, like let's try it. Let's see how they, they certainly played well enough, at least in that, that second half to, uh, and, and even in that first half, Tatum caught a heater early on in the game. And, you yeah. know, like that's going to happen when, especially a player at his size, if they're shooting over the top, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. But that, Yesterday felt like a day where a lot of things aligned back in place. The biggest moment of the night was the Russ dunk. And remember over the course of the summer, we were talking, there's going to be times where Russell Westbrook gets a breakaway or throws one down and snarls and yells at the Lakers crowd and it's going to blow the roof off of Staples, right? (laughs) And I guess – I guess, you know, a lot can change and a lot of unforeseen circumstances between then and now and – he lit up the crypt, I suppose, right? And and so, yes. but I'd been waiting for that moment. It was my first in-person win as a Lakers employee and how apropos to be against Celtics. And that shit happened right in front of me. And it sent chills up my spine, D. Like it was that that first moment where he's, you know, it, where, where he's just lit up the whole place. And it just felt, just a lot of things felt good about yesterday. There were a lot of strong individual performances and there are times where there can where it can feel like, especially this season for the Lakers, where strong individual com- per- performances, even from multiple players, do not coalesce into a strong team performance. Right. And stars can get their own a lot of time just because they're stars. Right. LeBron James can score 30 points or 40 points. They could beat the Pacers. And it's just like, oh, like, look, LeBron carried them and he brought home the win. But that wasn't a great team performance. It was a great LeBron game, 
And Russ has had some of those, too, that the Lakers have lost. I thought he was very good against the Knicks, for example, particularly in the second half. And the Lakers just didn't win. Right. And AD's had some big games, too. And it's just sort of just like, oh, well, that's great. You're Anthony Davis. You can have those big games. I thought this was a game where things seem to come together for these guys more as a group, where the together. The togetherness of them as units, as five-man groupings, as four-man groupings, right? There was success there that I was assigned. Okay, now this is where hopefully, hopefully, you can see some building blocks come of this. Like, I'd love to get your perspective from being there, right? Normally, this is what I'd ask Mike, but now I'm going to ask you. From the TV screen, there looked to be more intensity and intentionality to what they were doing defensively. And there is a let's play harder mantra that Frank Vogel has, but there's truth in that too, right? But there is also an alignment that needs to happen between playing hard and playing smart. Yeah. Doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. And I thought there was more of that this game. There were still some moments where low man collision with Russ and Tatum gets one on him. Same thing with like Wayne Ellington. He's low man and now he's reaching in and a guy goes through him to finish. And it's just sort of just like, well, that's just how it goes sometimes. But overall, I thought the commitment to things was much better and they varied things up more. And and, and so talk to me some about what you were seeing. It's funny because in person, especially from the baseline perspective, my X's and O's thoughts and my five on five thoughts will not be as good as they are on or as clear as they are on tape. I've gone through some of the melt at the time that we're recording this, but I haven't had my full rewatch. So this will be more of my, uh, my visceral, but that has a place too. And so that the level of communication and intensity, one thing that I loved and I, I think is really interesting to consider going forward is Russell Westbrook took the Tatum matchup for a good portion yes. of the night. And he took a uh, Paul George he too, did. Pete against the Clippers. So he but, did. And please. Paul George did not play particularly well either. When you say somebody is bad on defense, we've mentioned this before, but you're really talking about 25 different components of defense, of which maybe they're like bad at 12 of them and okay at eight of them and actually good at five of them, right? But oh, in aggregate, they're a bad defender. Russell Westbrook, for one, is not a bad defender in aggregate at all. But when he's at his worst is when he's off of the ball and somebody can cut around him. They'll front cut him. He's, he's not... He's very much focused on the action and where the ball is. And it's in some ways, that's how he plays offense, too, is he's that center of the frame guy that you always talk about. And he's always looking at the center of the frame. And sometimes someone can come in from the periphery and and beat him and lose him, whether it's a three point shooter or a cutter. But if you challenge Russell Westbrook, like Russell Westbrook isn't a guy that gets targeted in a, oh, you're switching. Let's have Russ's man set the screen. And now we're going to go for that matchup on Russell Westbrook. That's not. And, and so you get the best of him as a defender, I think, by putting him on more challenging matchups and say, Russ, do your thing. Guard Jason Tatum. Guard Paul George, and he's going to lose some battles over the top because they're taller than he is, but he can be physical. He can compete. He can circle around when they're trying to post him up. You better make that post entry pass. You know, you better throw that accurately or else Russ is going to deflect it and then clap right in your face in front of the bench. Yes. And clap at the crowd and get everybody hyped up. That's what I love, too. Right. The, The dude from L.A. that's like 
kicking the Celtics ass and talking shit as as he does it. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to hear your Russell Westbrook thoughts. Lakers basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site... TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out in transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. So, Russ, that competitiveness that you mentioned, Frank Vogel talks about learning his players a lot. And I think what he's learning about Russ is how can we leverage your competitiveness? How can we leverage your motives, right? You tell me these are the things that you define yourself by as a player you don't define yourself off of makes and misses you define yourself off of how hard am i going and how long am i going right like use that okay let's see it yeah let's see it so here go guard jason tatum right and is tatum gonna drive by you a couple times yeah he is is he gonna shoot over the top of you a couple times yeah he is is russ gonna disrupt his handle some is he gonna push him off of his spots too is he going to make him shoot shoot over the top is it's about getting some wins yes. right it's about about yeah is he gonna stay on your hip a little bit more is he gonna offer that back pressure where he makes you feel him where it's just like oh there's a guy in my space a little bit like we've all played the game at whatever level that we've played the game at the thing that is that almost every player in the league is susceptible to is is there a dude in my space and how much does that bother me and the best players i've ever seen are the guys where it doesn't matter how close a guy is to you at all that dude might as well not even be there watch kevin durant shoot sometime yeah. with a guy right next to him and that dude might as well not even exist you got to get guys like that down low because once it clears their shoulder area like it's all over or like a guy like Shaq, right and so and there's guys like this of all right. variety perimeter big man perimeter guy inside guy whatever and so russ is a guy that when he is challenged and he is engaged, there is 
a certain amount of, no, you're going to feel me this entire time. And it's interesting that you posed it as a, well, this is how he plays offense too. Like this is the type of guy that, that he is. The times where I got frustrated with Russ defensively was when it's sort of just like, oh, the action's over there somewhere. Let me just yep. chill Yep. now. This is where Vogel's going to have to bridge the gap some with him because in a Vogel defensive scheme, you're very rarely chilling anytime or anywhere, right? There's always a rotation to make. There's always a beat ahead. There was a great, you're at the game now, so you don't get to get to watch this stuff, but TNT is doing the mic'd up stuff during the games. And they were doing a few of Vogel's huddles. And there were a couple of times where he was like, be there for your teammate, rotate early, be early. He kept telling him, be early, be early. When you're early on your defensive rotations, that gives the guy on the ball the confidence to get into somebody, right? And so I'm thinking about Russ, and Russ is just like, get into this dude? I'll mm-hmm. get into this dude. I saw it from Wayne Ellington. I even saw it from Malik Monk. I saw it from LeBron James. I saw it from all of these guys. And so after the game, Pete, I'm listening to some of the players, and they're LeBron especially, and he's crediting the coaching. Mm-hmm. And he's saying the coaching staff gave us a good game plan. And they and all we had to do was go out there and execute it. And they did. And that's more reminiscent of what you want to hear from your team because that's where the trust comes into play. The hardest part of this Lakers season to me is that the coach was saying some stuff. I want you to do this. This is going to work if you do it. Just trust me. Do it, do it, do it. And guess what? The Lakers have been 500. They've given up leads. They've lost games. And you lose trust in your guys, whether it's explicitly said or not. It's not not even conscious, right? Like, Nope. it's It's that idea of you told us to do it this way. We tried it this way and it didn't work. And so the next time, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll do it, but I'm only going to do it at 90%. And then the next time, now that wasn't successful either because guess what? I'm trying even less hard than I tried the first yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's uh, an avalanche at that point. Like if it keeps yes. going down that same path, that goes to very bad places for your team and your defense. And so last night, I thought Russ, especially both defensively and and offensively, you saw, and from a spiritual and from an attitude stand standpoint, I thought this was his best game of the season. He uplifted his team on both ends of the floor, which is not something you often say about Russ, both sides of the floor. Part. Sure. But what he said, like, I feel like Russ is misunderstood. And I, I know that, you know, it's easy for me to champion him now that he's a Laker. He's <laughs> always been a guy that I've liked. I've always seen, of course, he's got his flaws, but at the beginning of the season, at his, I think it was his opening press conference, he made a comment about, like my job is to uplift my teammates. That exact yeah. word that you used that mm-hmm. I, and, and he spoke to the idea that there's a process of figuring that out. When you get somewhere new, like if you want to make everyone better around you, you got to get to know them first. And whether that's as a person, but it's also on the floor, like this guy likes it in this this spot. And they also have to get to know Russ. And that's one of the biggest adjustments is Russ just plays at a pace and uses certain moves and just he's a different player than almost anybody else in the league. He plays basketball in a different way. I think that's 
wonderful. I think that's it speaks to how versatile the sport is, is that you can have these guys that come from these just real different basketball upbringings and still be fantastic at, at what they do. And that idea of uplifting, you know, Baze keeps tweeting the chop wood, carry water quote. Yeah. And LFR pod listener confirmed. <laughs> and so it's this idea of times have been tough, but you keep your nose down, you keep doing the work, you keep trying your best, and you figure out the puzzle. We've been talking about it as a puzzle or a Rubik's Cube, or mm-hmm. there are going to be – like how often if you've ever put a table puzzle together, you think this piece fit, fits, but it does not. And so that is a process, and keeping your spirits up through failure, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, chop wood, carry water as we're on our 2020 NBA championship run. It's a whole nother thing to do that when things are not going well. And the, the maintenance of a certain level of of optimism and of spirit and of celebrating your successes is what can keep groups together, especially a newly formed group, through tough times. And so it's a matter of like, getting through choppy waters and not being in denial about what your weaknesses are, of course, but that spirit that you spoke to Russ is a big part of why I think this team has been able to endure through a really tough start to the season. Yeah. And so while you were talking there, Pete, I looked up some Russell Westbrook stats, right? And I just wanted to see sort of like what he's been like the last five games, the last 10 games, last 10 games, basically 22 points. 21.9. He's shooting almost 49% from the field, 48.8%, almost 36% from three, so 35.7%. About 70% from the line, he's getting six rebounds and nine assists, 3.4 turnovers. And so that's an excellent basketball player. He's also been averaging plus three in the box score. Basically, every night he's been a plus. He's been a positive player. And he is helping you get to the place that you want to be, which is when I'm on the court, we're winning. Yeah. And the idea of Russ is not everyone's cup of tea. You used to talk about Julius Randle, about how Julius Randle used to make loud mistakes. And there was this idea of, well, if a dude is making this many loud mistakes, can he really be good? And there are detractors that come with that like because it's right there on tape and those are the things that get aggregated you make a loud mistake guess what that's getting clipped into a nice little five or ten second video it's going to get put up on twitter and it's going to get thousands of retweets and likes and that shapes the narrative that shapes a big portion of the narrative well you know it's just like the nba is the most twitter league there is there are people who go on tv every day who talk about the game who are engaged in twitter and and it's just like it's the snake eating its own tail, right? Like, <laughs> yes. like this is how it goes. And so, just to close it up here on Russ, because in the next section, I really do want to talk about Anthony Davis a little bit and oh, maybe okay. some LeBron too. But Russ has been a super helpful player for the Lakers this year. He's been helpful because of his skill set. He's been helpful because of his ability to like actually get numbers to be productive. And I think he's been helpful from the standpoint of. He has been a leader in every place that he's been as a basketball player. And he's a leader by example, but I also think that he's a vocal leader, right? Yeah. And that idea of we're not going to get too high, we're not going to get too low. He's been the one preaching patience. He's been the one pushing back to It's like, when's it going to be? And he'll be like, shit, if I knew, I'd tell you. Yep. So we're just going to keep going. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to keep work, water. We're going to keep working and we're going to get there eventually because I believe it. That belief, he carries that with him every night. And sometimes it's going to end up being like we fell short and other nights it's going to be him yamming on your head. That's right. And dancing into the timeout and against the Boston Celtics, where after the game, he's talking and he's like, there's a big rivalry game. We know what it means. Felt good to go out there and get a win. He's saying that after the game, the Mm -hmm. L.A. kid just kicked the Celtics ass on Larry Bird's birthday and the little revenge of the Frank Vogel game, too, because, oh, it's Larry Bird's birthday. Oh, that's the dude that fired me. We get (laughs) one in his ass, too. And so James Worthy clapping it up afterwards. That's right. Right? That's right. It was a good night. It was a good night. It was a good night. Let's take another break. Come back. Talk some AD. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anthony Davis was killing me in that first yes. half. In a game where a lot of things were going right, I was at the at halftime, I was like, if we just get some life and spirit from AD, we're going to be okay. And he certainly brought that, especially in, in the second half. And it wasn't just as a scorer. He had 16 rebounds. He's going to be asked to do different things. I, th- I think, I hope, gosh, I really hope that AD at the five is a permanent Thing yes. from here on out me too um and if it is the nature of how he plays is going to change there was a clip last week uh, after the clippers game that emerged and i think it was from backstage lakers and it was rob palinka uh commenting to deandre jordan uh, like uh anthony davis thanked me and I, this is rob speaking saying well what are you thanking me for and ad says it means fewer minutes at the center position at the yeah. five position for me yeah. And so that's not a new thing with Anthony Davis, not. not not liking to play the five. And everyone's attitude toward it is, you know, do what's best for your team. And of course, that's great. And there's so much judgment and all of that. But I would love to hear, like, I would love to give him truth serum. Like, AD, what don't you like about playing the five? What And the I, I have some suspicions of, of what it is, but... Regardless, if he's going to do it, he's going to be asked to be do. He's going to be asked to do different things. He had 16 boards. He was a defensive presence. When we talk about switching, there's nobody that's a more potent threat in the league on switches than Anthony Davis because he can guard 
anybody and he can lock you up and there are ways to do it where you kind of funnel the switches to anthony davis and now all of a sudden it's ad matched up with your star guy in one-on-one and there's six seconds left on the shot clock anyway a lot of places where uh ad had himself a journey all in one night yes what did you see so in the first half i thought it was a combination of ad looking a step slow ad taking some bad angles and the scheme not doing AD very many favors. Sure, you got Robert Williams. No roller behind on Robert Williams. Good yes. luck. <laughs> and let's go over the top of screens against Dennis Schroeder. Ah, uh, yes. Right? And Marcus Smart. Two guards that you would happily invite into the pull-up jumper festival. From 18 feet. And mm-hmm. say, <laughs> like, hey, you're the opposing coach. Let's pick any two guys off of the Celtics roster and say... Come shoot pull-up jumpers for me. You're you're a ball handler. Come and shoot pull-up jumpers. Let's draw names out of a hat. I am doing the Birdman hand rub if I pull Dennis's name and Marcus Smart's name. If I had the two top picks in that draft, those are the guys that I'm drafting as the guys who I want to miss. So AD is out there just like, okay, this dude's yamming on my head or trying to pretty yeah. much every other possession, yeah. right? Now I'm caught helping and he's... And I'm trying to fight a guard, like to battle a guard here. And then he's like jumping over my back, a la like how Blake Griffin used to do Pal Gasol during like those like Lob City days, like young Blake just climbing up Pal's back. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, man, (laughs) is this dude just going to keep trying to dunk? And then the second half came and the Lakers started to make some defensive adjustments. And now AD is just like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? It's not so easy anymore, is it? We're funneling you right to me. And I'm going to pick up a foul here or there. But I'm also just going to be like, yeah, just try to. He he was just swatting balls away without even jumping or challenging shots. And it's just like, oh, that's that's the dude. He's coming in from off the screen in order to get defensive rebounds. And then he's outletting. And then he's running the lane and doing the things that he's supposed to do. What, what, well, what did he have, Pete? Only 17 points. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think he only shot, what, like nine or 10 times. How many shots did he even take? It wasn't this major statistical night from him as a shooter, or he took 13 shots. He went seven for 13. So 17 points plus 17 in the box score, second best on the team, 16 rebounds, two blocks, two steals, three assists. This is who this dude could be every single night. I also get that there's context as to why he's not this every single night. And so I hear Charles Barkley like lighting him up before the game. And I'm just like, it's never this simple. It's never this simple to say like, oh, well, just go and play better. You're the 27 year old. Just go, just go be better. Yeah. Be better. How? When I'm in the post and dudes are in my lap, I lead the league in points in the paint. Like yeah. I'm second in the league in dunks. Right. And, and so do it. How, how am I supposed to do it? And there is a disconnect at times between how players are actually successful and the means in which to generate that success for them. And no one ever talks about that work in the middle, like the laying of the foundation, the laying of the road. No one talks about that. So what like, is that road for him? I honestly think the AD at the five stuff is is where the Lakers need to live. I think they do need to they do need to space the floor with him better. 
they do need to get him his post touches and then he needs to he needs to reward those touches too by going faster i oh I yeah got, when he just caught it and went right away he was n- one of ad's biggest weaknesses as a player i think is that he is still not the most adept at dealing with strong side zone pressure and hard double teams he's just not that guy and because he's not, he likes to see where it's coming from, and he likes to hold the ball. And it's just like, okay, it's all lining up for me. And he wants to take that snapshot, but he's like a Polaroid. He's like, okay, let's let's shake wave it. our hand, right? Let's yeah. shake it. Okay, the picture's 10 seconds, 12 seconds, 13 seconds, right? Like, if he could, yeah. he would wait the whole time, and he'd be like, okay, freeze. There's my picture. Now I'm going to attack against that, but that's not how the game works. Yeah. Right. And so he was going faster and it was working for him. And I hope if there's one thing that he takes from this, it's like, no, no, no. I'm just going to attack these guys. That that needs to be the philosophy of the whole team, D, that attack quickly. That's why the sometimes Russell drive up the left side and he gets to his spot and he's going to shoot that bank shot. He makes it enough for me to be happy with it. And the fact that it's it's part of a bigger idea of attack and attack quickly and like that's the playing with tempo that distinguishes from playing with pace that i think is just a certain you catch the ball and we're going we're into it because on at three different position positions we almost certainly have a physical superiority on some level to a great degree and so going quickly not letting them get set up not letting the defense get comfortable and or even when they're on offense like not letting other teams get comfortable, I think, is a bigger theme that's going to be really important for this team. And from the defense perspective, that AD catches and goes quickly, that speaks to that, right? Like there's, they are used to, he catches and he surveys and you kind of stunt at him and you have, you one and a half team him and you go back to the weak side because you don't want to get that defensive three seconds call. Although we draw a ton of those uh, relative to the rest of the league in, in part because of this, but it's that whole dance and it's kind of this usually stagnant type. Thing. And that's, the Bulls game was when I was really driven crazy by that. And it was, it was amazing because like right after that, we started improving on those very yeah. quickly and guys are cutting. And, and this really speaks to something that we uh, thought of over the summer. Russell Westbrook as a cutter, I think really helps Anthony Davis in those post situations. And so when he does survey, he has that option, but AD being able to like just catch and go and use that superiority. Cause he's one of the few guys D that is, that has that freak athleticism, but also the skill set. They were coming down, uh, they were scoring at the basket that I was sitting at in the second half, which is when AD had his better scoring half. And the way he can like drop baseline and then like reach across his body yeah. and just like flip something up and he makes it look so easy. And it's like, that is a super high, sh- uh, that high difficulty shot. And it just, he makes it look so easy that it's easy to take for granted. But he's one of the only guys that can do that. And that's a great version of a player to go quickly because that's a one-on-one and he can make any shot out of those one-on-one situations he remains probably the big man him and Jokic probably are like the two bigs in the league who have the best touch like eight nine feet and in ad just shoots that little soft jumper like he's drifting left or he's drifting right. It doesn't really matter. He can just throw throw it up there. Very few guys can make those. He faces up Pete. And then he like 
makes that hard dribble left and then he leans and like goes away from you and then shoots it over the top. And it's just like, there's really no way to defend that. There really isn't. I really did just want to give AD his props though. LeBron, like Russ was great. We spent a lot of time talking about Russ. I know, we didn't even talk about LeBron. No, <laughs> who is like, incredible, I, right? Honestly, I was going to ask you 30 seconds, a minute right now. A couple of pods ago, you you were saying LeBron didn't have that burst, right? Like yeah. he didn't look like he didn't LeBron. Look like him. Yeah. And this game, I thought he had that back yes, some. He did. And I so I kind of wanted to get your sense of like, what did that look like in person to you? Because to me, it was a stark difference from what he looked like in the Clippers game. Yeah, there's just a way he runs the floor and moves. It's hard to articulate. uh, But if you see it, I think that most people would if you put them side by side, it's like an obvious difference. And it's shown through on the TV for you as well. There's just a. Like when he steps, like it, it makes a sound. Yep. Like his feet, and this is true at any level of basketball. You can almost close your eyes and hear who the best basketball player is in a transition opportunity because there's a like stampeding quality. The footsteps are heavy, and it's that's something that I was really stunned by. Like I'd never seen LeBron run the floor in that way. I know this seems weird, but it's something that's in person very much a real thing. And that was back, man. He was just bounding up and down, and he's he's not able to like one foot plant and elevate the way that he used to, but he's got all of these different finishes at different angles around the basket with both hands now, where it's really just, he's such a master in the open court and in these more open situations. That's part of the reason why I'm so adamant about the style of this team is it's like, it's not just for Russ. It's like, Oh, Russ with LeBron and what LeBron's able to do in these situations. Like, and then AD is a rim runner runner when he can, although that'll be reduced probably with him playing more, more five, but all of that combination is like, Ooh, how do you guard that? And they spoke to that after the, the game, right? Is And so, yeah, LeBron, just the way he moved, the command, like that's a, a word that I really associate with him, that there's just a command to how he plays when he's on that he, you know, that 16 point first quarter full, full throttle. Yeah. It was just great to see that. Yeah, that was the point that I won, wanted to make about him is just that he really set the tone for this game. Yeah. And if he set the tone in the first half, to start the game, I should say, I thought Russ set the tone to start the second half and AD's entire second half as both a defender and as a quicker decision maker and aggressive scorer. I thought that's what stood out to me. And one last thing, I thought this was a really good Frank Vogel game. I thought he managed the I, I rotation. I want to do a whole pod on him. Let's do the next pod on him, man. Yeah, I just thought he managed the rotation really well. He squeezed guys out. He played nine guys, but basically Wayne and Dwight, they only got two shifts. And it was sort of, and four guys played over 30 minutes. And it's sort of just like, these are our four best players. And yes. we're going to go heavy on those guys and everyone else is really going to fill in around them. And I just thought it was a great Vogel game and his team performed for him. And for a guy that there's been rumors, hot seat, this, this, that, and the other, it was good to see the rallying around him, a rallying around the message and the players basically being like, yeah, we're pretty good at this too. For it to, 
come against the Celtics is, makes it even sweeter. I'm telling you, the basketball gods never miss. And it ain't going to be a game against Detroit if it's going to turn things around. It's going to be a game against the Celtics. A really fun night in downtown L.A. I'm right there with you on Vogel. I thought yesterday especially was fascinating from a Frank Vogel perspective. And that's what we'll talk about tomorrow on the Laker Film Room Podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. And Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Here on the line. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot. NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it! Right. Unbelievable. Victory. It's over. Shot popping out of five. Bryant. Yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.